welcome to Josie's Bar Podcast for the first episode. Yay! As you can tell, it's episode one, listeners, and I have not written an intro yet. Maybe that will come in future episodes. I'm Claire. Joining me in Josie's Bar in this this dive that we're in is uh, Vicky. Hey, Vicky. Hey. Hey. We are just sitting down in Josie's Bar to review some issues of Daredevil. Uh, the aim of this podcast is so just a few. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Um, so we we just we had the crazy idea of uh, reviewing every issue of uh, of Daredevil, the Marvel uh, comics Daredevil. And I think we figured out that if if Marvel for some reason were to stop writing issues of Daredevil as of today, um, and we reviewed one issue every week. This podcast will take us 12 and a half years, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be 52 and a half. Yeah, the yeah. But bearing in mind, Marvel hopefully still will write issues. <laughs> so we'll be basically doing this we'll till we're dead. <laughs> yeah, like it's never going to end. Our last, our end. last words as we die will be, I didn't like that panel. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm going to toot it. <laughs> I'm gonna poop it. I'm gonna, gonna poop it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so welcome to uh, to episode number one. As we are in Josie's bar, uh, Vicky and I are both sitting down to enjoy a, a fine drink from this establishment. Vicky, what are you drinking this week? I have a delicious uh, cup of peppermint tea oh, in nice. a unicorn cup. Nice. And I am drinking out of the bottle as it should be in Josie's bar. That is that kind of establishment. Um, I'm not on the hard liquor. I'm drinking a zero sugar, no calories Coca-Cola. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, we call it Josie's Bar podcast and we're both tea folks. Yes. So. Yeah. If you're looking for us drinking the hard liquor that you might expect to find in Josie's Bar, you ain't going to find it here, listeners, because you've got two yeah. teetotalers on this podcast. <laughs> so get, your, get yourself a nice cocktail or yeah. a nice alcoholic beverage and join us yeah you tell us what you're what you're drinking you know yeah we want to know yeah we'll live we'll live vicariously through you (laughs) (laughs) so i thought we should start with talking about our history with this character daredevil why we chose daredevil i mean really i kind of bullied vicky into it but you know yeah it's like uh, there's none of this (laughs) weird Like, yeah, all you, <laughs> Vicky. What is your? I think I think my history might be slightly longer. So first of all, Vicky, what is your history with Daredevil? <laughs> my my history with Daredevil is you, <laughs> basically. No, I mean I've been reading uh, Marvel comics since I was like seven, maybe like nineteen eighty seven. I think I picked one up. So I've come across him like a couple of times, but like Clint Barton is is Bay, like Clint Barton <laughs> is my boy. So um, he pops in every now and then, but most of what I learn about Daredevil comes from Claire. So, thank you, thank you. So you are red leader in this. You're you're <laughs> like the aficionado, and I am the Daredevil newbie. Yes, so. you can be purple leader when. Uh, when we when we finally review every single issue of Daredevil, we move on to Hawkeye. In the afterlife. <laughs> and then maybe we'll start on Spider-Man. I mean, it won't take that long to review every issue of Spider-Man, right? Jeez. <laughs> uh, so my, my, my history with Daredevil. So whereas as, um, Clint Barn, a.k.a. Hawkeye, is Bay for Vicky, um, my Bay is our boy, Matt Murdock, Daredevil. 
Um, I've been reading Marvel comics probably since a similar age as Vicky, like on and off. Um, and I always kind of gravi- gravitated towards Daredevil. I thought he was really cool as a character. Um, since then, I've kind of collected the comics. I think I only need 45, and I have every single issue of the main Daredevil comic, which is kind of crazy. Um, I did a podcast called The Defenders Podcast, which Vicky also guested on, um, which was covering all the Marvel Netflix shows, including Daredevil. Uh, to celebrate Daredevil getting a good show, um, I got a Daredevil tattoo, so I have a Daredevil tattoo. Um, I have cosplayed as Daredevil. <laughs> like, yeah, this this boy, he kind of means a lot to me, you know. Um, but I haven't read a lot of these early issues in a very long time, so it's going to be interesting rereading them. Um, I'm not someone who like re- rereads the comics over and over again. In fact, with the current run, I think I'm about six months behind. <gasps> um, I know it's terrible. Fuck, I love. I know. Well, we'll find out what happens in those issues in 2000 <laughs> and what um, 35. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> So you got that to look forward to, listeners. Uh, yeah, so today we are starting out by uh, talking about issue number one of Daredevil. Uh, this issue came out April the 10th, 1964. Um, the issue is called The Origin of Daredevil, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, and we've been reading this via Marvel Unlimited, which is r- really fun. I don't know if you watched it, you, you read it, Vicky, with where you scroll through each individual panel. Yeah, that was a that's a really so good. cool trick. Yeah, because yeah. you can do it either page by page, but it's kind of hard to to follow. Like the way they've done it, where you you read it panel by panel, is so much fun to read. Um, and it also meant that I could get screenshots of some of my favourite panels from this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Which there were quite a few there panels were... <laughs> where it was just like, oh my lord. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk, as I said to Vicky, uh, we need to talk for at least three hours about uh, certain outfit choices that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Matt makes in this issue. <laughs> Um, oh god so this issue is yeah issue number one the origin of daredevil uh the synopsis on marvel unlimited is the origin of daredevil the man without fear matt murdoch is blinded but gains superpower abilities he uses to patrol hell's kitchen uh it's written by stan lee illustrated by bill everett and lettered by sam rosen so this is one of many, many times that we will be uh, seeing the origin of Daredevil. Maybe not as many times as we've been subjected through popular culture to the origin of Batman. Because if I have to oh. see his parents get shot one more time on film. Uh, okay, that's, that's like a whole other podcast. My feelings about Batman's origin. So, yeah. No tea, no shade. Let's, yes. Yeah. At least this is something we've only, I think, seen maybe twice on film. Because they didn't show it in Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Um, and I can't remember if they did in the cartoon. Oh, well, we should say I did subject Vicky to watching the uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, and I don't oh, think she's ever God. forgiven me. The director's cut there. <laughs> well, the director's cut. You know, if you don't watch the director's cut, you're not going to see Coolio. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. I am never, ever, ever going to forgive you for making me watch that. See, listeners, I like that movie, but I I always was like, when there's a really good Daredevil adaptation, I'll get a Daredevil tattoo. 
And uh, that movie came and went. <laughs> there was no ink on my body. <laughs> and then Netflix released the uh, the the season one of Daredevil, which made me cry in the first two minutes. Um, and so, therefore, I got a tattoo. So good. Yeah. And can we just shout out to Charlie Cox's arse? Oh yeah. Well, Charlie Cox, all of him. But yeah, his yeah. Yeah, I think I think we need to show some appreciation for sure. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to show some appreciation talking about the show and not even about this issue, because we we um, in this issue we get the uh, for people that haven't read the comics before may have only seen the, the Netflix show, we get um, Matt Murdock's father in this, Jack Murdock, as very much the kind of old older grizzled man. That um, that was always kind of the case in the comics, like the grizzled old boxer that I always imagined him. And I remember being surprised when the Daredevil Netflix show came out, and they got this like like young, sexy Jack Murdock um, played by um, John Patrick Hayden. So uh, it's kind of cool reading this um, because it, it is that this is kind of how you always imagine um, Jack Murdock to look. Um, I love the fact, like going through some of like my thoughts on this issue, that um, because they didn't know obviously if this character would be successful or not, on the cover they're literally advertising it as being like, hey, you like Spider-Man? Hey, you like Fantastic Four? Well, here's the most unusual hero of all, Matt Murdock. (laughs) Woohoo, check him out. I'm like, he's not that unusual. He's an orphan who has some kind of radioactive waste and gets superpowers. I feel like that's every Marvel hero. Yeah. You know? Uh, And also, this is one of the very few early issues, I believe it's five issues, where we get the yellow costume. Uh, Vicky, what were your thoughts on this yellow costume? Do you know what? I tooted that. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about toots and boots later because that's <laughs> I, a very yeah. important part of this podcast. You um, can't, can't see Charlie Cox running around in this. No, but I, I tooted it because um, my note is the plunging V-neck. <laughs> Work it. Work it. <laughs> yeah. um, talking about the yellow costume... Uh, one of my panels that I really liked was the first panel that we see Daredevil um, because it opens up with this this poker game going on in Fogwell's gym, which we'll see a, a lot in the future. And I just love the image of Daredevil just standing with his hands yeah. on his hips in a proper sassy pose. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, boys, hey. I'm here to stop you. Look at my uh, outfit. <laughs> check it out. Check we, out my muscles. Exactly. He's just like, here I am, I'm your hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like that he calls one of the gangsters as he's throwing him around. He refers to him as Little Chum. I was like, what? Yeah. I did also, I didn't like the whole, like, there was a lots of, you know, oh, yeah. fatso. Yeah, they're proper, like, like, fat shaming this one guy. And then and then Matt gets in on the action. I'm like, Matt, that's not cool. Come on. And his name's, his name's Porky as well. Which I is know. Like, okay, well, I know we have to kind of, you know, it's 1964 at this yeah. point. But still, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to get some fat shaming of Foggy at, at points as well, unfortunately. Aww. Foggy, Foggy looks awesome in this issue. I love, he I love does. his little pompadour haircut. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like, uh, I like in this first fight that uh, Matt is using gym equipment against them because obviously this fight's yeah. taking place in a gym. 
yeah. thought that was really cool. That was that was pretty cool. That's a kind of like nice tie in mm-hmm. to like not only his dad but like his his training as well. Yeah, that, cool. that made me kind of wish that that we had like a a fight scene. There was a fight scene that took place. We won't talk about the Netflix show too much. Unfortunately, sorry listeners, it's because I used to do a <laughs> podcast on it and I have just rewatched it. Um, but it made me wish that there was like a really big fight scene that took place at the gym at Fogwells and they incorporated all that equipment. I think that would have been really fun. We also find out in this issue as well, how old Matt is. Um, he was born in 1942. (laughs) He's an old man. He's old. He's old old dude. Old as So he'd be 78 years old now. Um, I've just, dri- I've just dribbled my peppermint tea all down my clue. Oh no! Sorry, listeners. Well, it's—I mean, it's Josie's bar. It's that kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people are dribbling peppermint tea down their 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 boobs all the time in this place. <laughs> um, because you've you've obviously only really seen like the Netflix show and the the movie that shall not be named. Um, what what was your thoughts on this origin for him? Because in the first issue. They and they they sort of retcon this in later issues. You actually have um, Matt sort of just training himself in um, gymnastics and boxing and everything. Mm-hmm. And then when he loses his sight, um, he's uh, he's actually older. He's more like a you know mid mid teen than like sort of twelve. And um, and Jack is still alive. Yeah, um, you I, know, like I for quite a while after that. that. Like yeah. Jack even meets Foggy. You know. Yeah, I thought that was... I, I kind of liked that, to be honest. It made it kind of... And I, I have to say, I've like, I made a note um, with the whole, like, the tragic black backstory mm-hmm. um, and stuff. But that he's a really cocky little shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like, you know, yeah, okay, so I've gone blind. But that's okay, because I'm like... It's made me really, really awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I can do, like, all of this stuff. Yeah. And and I'm amazing, and it's kind of like when I compare that to to like the the Netflix show where he he's a bit kind of like mm-hmm, you know my parents are dead and I'm blind <laughs> yeah and kind of thing. It was just kind of like I don't know. I was just like I knew he was a cocky little shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but but this like first issue was like All right, dial it down, Matt. You- drama queen. I like that he um, when he's at college with Foggy he insinuates that the radiation also made him smarter I was like what? Yeah like <laughs> it was just kind of like you know just he's so extra yeah. in oh. this issue oh I mean like, we're, so we're gonna extra. get to the Mike Murdoch uh, storyline in uh, you know in a few months and um, mm-hmm. yeah I did think uh, something I did think about like the whole um, his his dad so desperate for him to basically not turn out like him. Mm-hmm. Like Matt just went balls to the wall. Like I'm not gonna have any friends. Like, yeah, ever. yeah. Um, I'm just gonna like study, study, study. And it was kind of like, uh, and then it was kind of like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna study, study, study. I'm gonna do do. I'm, I want him. I want to be the man that he wants me to be. Yeah, and it's like I'm pretty sure that your dad wouldn't want you to be some sort of like hermit with no friends at all. Mm-hmm. Like that's a bit. That was kind of a bit sad for me. I found that a little mm. bit, a little bit sad that they're so yeah. desperate to kind of like be, like 
for each other to be proud of the other. Yeah. Like, forsaking everything else. I thought that was a bit like, okay. Yeah, it is really sad. Like, I love the relationship between these two, the father and son relationship. And obviously it gets expanded a lot more later. Mm. Um, it's it's it, I, I always find it weird, like, reading this early stuff in that um, you have... Uh, you have Jack um, live, uh, you know, live through, uh, live a lot longer than he does when it was retconned later. And obviously the reason it gets retconned later is because you have the character of Stick introduced um, mm. and then they sort of brought Jack's death uh, forward, forward more. Um, yeah, and but it's, I mean, with these early issues anyway, these early comics, they're not, like, hugely nuanced in terms of the characters. No. But I do think it is really sad that, like, the two characters, like you said, they're so desperate to to, to make the other one proud. Um, that, that they go, like, to massive extremes. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing I found, like, that kind of, like, feeds into that is that there's literally one panel of... Matt grieving about his dad. <laughs> oh, do you mean one. the one where? What, let me let me quote it. Uh, what does what does Foggy tell? Oh yeah, he says. Uh, yeah, you got to snap out of it. Oh, like his like, dad just died, dude. But they they fill up this kind of like almost symbiotic relationship between mm-hmm. Matt and his dad. You yeah, know, that's like with them desperately trying to make the other one proud. And yeah, and they give him one panel. Yeah. One panel of him grieving for his dad, which was I found was quite jarring mm-hmm. actually, and I don't know whether that was a kind of you know that's just how they did shit like that back in the sixties when it came to comics. It's weird because it's, it's literally like get over it, like he's just died, and yeah. then it's like get over it. We've got to start our law firm. Next page, oh, we've, we've started our law firm where we've got this yeah. hot secretary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on the whole hot sexy thing. I, 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 I went a little bit feral when I read the line, the most decorative accessory. Yeah, Karen Page, the most decorative accessory. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, and, and that is very much a kind of, you know, this was written in 1964 and we mm-hmm. were sitting here in 2020. Yeah, you don't say that shit anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what the effing f? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, Karen was never like. I mean, these in these early comics, none of them are particularly deep. Karen, in particular, I found quite a shallow character. Um, I like the writing they do with her later, and I do like that they made her a much more complex character when they they did the Netflix show. I have issues with the character, which. If you want to hear my issues with Karen Page and the <laughs> Netflix show, listen to Defenders podcast. Um, but they, I like that they didn't just make her the secretary, you know, which is very much what she just is in these these early um, issues of Daredevil. Um, I am one thousand percent going to toot that hairdo. Yes. Yeah, so we we should explain our tooting and booting. So um, some of the other podcasts that I do, uh, we we very much take note of the fashions and we thought we would bring this that to this podcast because there's a lot of interesting fashions and uh, choices, life choices going on in uh, in these early issues. So if we like something, we will toot it. And if we do not like it, we will boot it. And shout out to two of my favourite drag queens, Raja and Raven, for um, the whole toot and boot. They do a whole toot and boot episode 
for every episode of Drag Race. Nice. Where they where they rate everything. So that's where Toot and Boot comes from. Well, I've definitely got a Toot and a Boot for this uh, this issue for sure. Um, I had a little bit of trivia because at one point Matt, when Matt is uh, talking about fashion, when Matt is uh, hand sewing his own costume, which is also very interesting <laughs> because yeah. you don't really get that in many of the other. Well, I guess he makes his costume in the Ben Affleck film, which I never understood because it's like, mm. I mean, it's a bad choice. It's leather. You you can't be going and being acrobatic in leather. You're going to stink and it's not very, you know acrobatic um but at one point matt refers to himself and he says i i might not be i know betsy ross and i was like betsy ross and i was like who is that and i was thinking of betty ross but betsy ross was a character who appeared in captain america issue one in 1941 and was one of steve's early love interests and i've not read a lot of early captain america steve um, and she succeeded Bucky as uh, Cap's sidekick, obviously, but not his lover, which we know Bucky is, um, in 1948. And she was known as Golden Girl, which was awesome because it made me think of the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Betty White for still being alive. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just hold hold on, Betty. If anything so happens on, to Betty. Betty White or um, or David Attenborough... I'm I'm no, leaving this even. planet. <laughs> Has anyone checked on David recently? <laughs> he lives in the town next to mine, so I'll just yodel out the window and see if he answers. <laughs> uh, so I um, think we also need to keep a running tally as we go through these issues of all the magical things that um, once Matt decides to become dead of, all the things that his cane can do. Because in this issue, we get that it has a hinge... Um, so which it can fold in half, which he made himself. Itself. And somehow he's managed to get it so the curved bit at the end can straighten. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then also, one of my favourite things is that he has put a tape recorder in his cane. <laughs> Yeah, they How? <laughs> this is the 60s. Tape recorders were like the size of a house. <laughs> Like, there's so much in this issue. Oh, there is more in this cane. Like, this cane is Inspector Gadget shit. It's It's amazing. It's like Mary Poppins Poppins carpet bag. Maybe Matt Murdock is actually a Time Lord and his his cane is his TARDIS. (gasps) Would it be his TARDIS or would it be his Sonic? Uh, it could be both. It's his TARDIS because it has it's bigger on the inside than the outside, but it's also his Sonic. Well, his Sonic is his uh, is his radar sense, <laughs> which we see in this issue when he walks towards something, it goes ping. ping. I wrote that. I've got a line in my notebook that goes ping, ping, <laughs> ping, 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 ping. Like Matt Murdock pinball. Yeah, when someone needs to make a Matt Murdock pinball, it'd be amazing. There has to be one. There has to be one out there somewhere. Um, I need to do a, a call out for a panel. It's not my favourite panel, but I very much enjoyed the panel where Matt is walking down the street with his cane and there's an old lady who goes, how confidently that blind young man walks through the streets. <laughs> Oh no! It was like, great. You go, you go, old lady. Yeah, I love it. It was great. Um, we need to speak also after Matt has obviously lost his sight and become Daredevil, uh, or decided to become Daredevil. He's still working out in his gym. We need to speak for about three hours about his workout outfit of choice. Let's, 
this is this is what I booted. Okay, I mean, I, I also booted this because before he loses his sight, we see Matt in the gym, um, and already his outfit's terrible because he's wearing the tiniest little black speedos. It's like his budgie smugglers. His little budgie smugglers and like giant wrestler boots. See, I I, I wrote, I was like, mm-hmm. I wrote, are they are they like boots? Are they like you know thirty eyelet converse all stars? I think or are so. Are they knee high socks? <laughs> I would I love it like, if they're I, knee high socks. <laughs> I think they're meant to be like like wrestler boots. I think. But mm. I just love the fact that he's like, I'm gonna work out only wearing boots and a budgie and a budgie smuggler, <laughs> little tiny speedos. You think about like his his daredevil suit is is kind of like two layers. He's got like the the kind of long johns yellow yeah. underneath, like the yellow onesie, and then his kind of like corseted plunging neckline <laughs> daredevil swimsuit with <laughs> the giant D on the front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna work out in my pants and my socks." Yeah, I was also like, "Where is he working out?" Presumably, it's in Fogwells. Um, we might find out later that it's it's it not in Fogwells, but yeah, we might find out later on that, which is one of my favourite things in Daredevil that amuses me. But we won't get to that yet. Um, but he's just work- I just imagine someone walking in the gym. But my absolute favourite thing that made me boot this look is that. When, after he loses his sight, he decides to work out not only wearing little black speedos, not only wearing his little boots, but also wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Why are you wearing your sunglasses, dude? They're going to come off. You're doing triple oh, no. somersaults through the air. Like, did you get these sunglasses from Clint? Like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Like, yeah, I just that whole that and I, it was just. It was just really gay as well, that whole... In the best way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. It was great. I also want to say, like, with... uh, Because I know we talked about the accident and stuff, and when Mm -hmm. he's in the the hospital and he's got, like, his... looks like a mummy. Yeah. Like, all wrapped up and everything. (laughs) I put... I put in capital letters, could the nurse be Sarah Rogers? (laughs) Ooh, interesting. Blonde. Yeah. And it was about, it was about 1940, I think, because they do, this issue is, um, starts off in present day. It was 1950, because he was eight. So, oh no, so it wouldn't, probably wouldn't be Sarah then. But I've just, yeah, I put that because I was like, I would, I'm just going to pretend that the nurse was Sarah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I like it. Well, I think we just write our own canon that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all this stuff. Like, you know, we it's our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do what we want. That's uh, the rules. Exactly. <laughs> um, one of my other favourite panels that is a little bit later. Oh, this is also, we get the first mention of Matt having a built-in lie detector. Mm-hmm. Um, another panel that I liked, but not my favourite, was when uh, so Matt obviously decides to become Daredevil and track down the people that killed his dad because Jack throws a uh, or refuses to throw a boxing match, and so he is killed for it. And Matt is pretty sure who it was that did it. Um, so he goes to track them down, and one of these men pushes Matt out of a window. <laughs> and Matt catches a flagpole and swings around and flies back in and kicks the man and it was glorious (laughs) there was I think my my favourite panel is uh, comes a bit later on 
uh, when they're in the train station. Oh, yeah. And um, he throws his cane. He's like, blast it. He tripped me with that infernal cane. Oh, I think you might have the same panel that I have. My favourite one. We'll get to that. Oh, it's so good. And I, I would have it. gotten away with it as well if it had been <laughs> Um, one of the things I love when we get into the whole because we obviously have a bit of time with Karen and Foggy while this while Matt is tracking down all these guys Karen and Foggy are in the office Foggy enters the office and is like hey Karen and then immediately Karen's like where's Matt (laughs) get out of here Foggy (laughs) thirsty bitch she really is like she goes straight into that like oh can you imagine someone like can you imagine matt holding you like that it's like oh (laughs) calm down yeah they haven't even started work yet this is before they've worked together i know (laughs) she's met him once (laughs) she was like oh i got wasn't it like i got here early or something so i could i could like tidy stuff up or i could do some cleaning or something yeah and then she's straight in there with like, I I want the D, I want oh, yeah. Matt's D, yeah, like now. She even says, "What a pity such a wonderful handsome man is so handicapped." We'll oh, get a yeah, we'll get a lot of lines like that in early Daredevil where you're just like, oh, and, and foggy, <laughs> foggy just like with his tiny violin by himself, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh like, foggy! Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish Karen was talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I, I love that we do get a scene in this issue where Matt, because we've got him like using his senses. He talks about how his senses are heightened, and we see some of that in this very first issue with him following the scent of this particular cigar to track the fixer and Slade. I love that. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Bloodhound Matt Murdock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is where he ends up at the subway platform, and we get our favourite panel, which uh, <laughs> is Matt throwing his cane at someone, tripping him over, but yet this guy, as he's tripping over, he has the time to go, Blast it! He tripped me with that infernal stick of his! Ah! But oh. I'd also like to point out that, like, while he's throwing mm-hmm. the the stick, so he's throwing, <laughs> he's throwing his cane, yeah. and then Matt gets on top of a trash can and like rides it, like some <laughs> yeah. sort of like he's in the circus. <laughs> like what? I just I was, I was reading this yesterday, going, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? I don't, I don't. It's absolutely bonkers. I would just love to be that person. Yeah. I want to be someone waiting for their train. Yeah. (laughs) At like like Penn Station and they look over and there's a man wearing yellow and red (laughs) pyjamas on a trash can (laughs) chasing after someone. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a delight. (laughs) I, I just... Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was the highlight of the whole issue for me. Was that whole <laughs> that scene. whole scene? Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously like, we oh. can't have. We're like, oh, you know, he's got to stop these guys. And this guy, you know, he killed. Um, he killed his dad. But we can't have Daredevil kill people because Daredevil doesn't kill people unless you're watching the Ben Affleck movie, in which he does. Um, so. Spoilers. 
spoilers for the Ben Affleck movie. If you haven't um, seen it, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yes, Daredevil kill. Why is it that if Ben Affleck plays superheroes that traditionally don't kill, don't murder people, they end up murdering people? He murdered someone as Daredevil and he murdered people as Batman. Two heroes that traditionally don't murder people. Like Ben, sweetie. You should probably talk to someone about Calm down with the bloodlust, Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, like, is there something you want to get off your chest? Yeah. Is there your chesticles? <laughs> yes. He was a much better Batman than a, a Daredevil, in my opinion. Batfleck. Batfleck. Um, so, obviously, he can't, he can't just outright murder this guy. He's not the Punisher. Uh, so, instead, the Fixer falls over because he's got this this dude in pyjamas chasing him on top of a trash can and he falls over and has a heart attack and dies. He he did. Um, And then after that, uh, Slade confesses in front of the police and gets arrested. And then Matt like returns to the office and is just like, oh... I just, I just went I out he, for a sandwich. Yeah, I think he says something like, oh, sorry it took me so long, but I can't get around that fast. <laughs> Wink at the audience. Like, you... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the last, I think the last panel was, was actually quite touching. It, yeah, I really like that last panel with yeah. the, the, like, him, him hoping he made his dad proud and you see the, his, like, back... And then you see, like, the silhouette of, of, like, in the Daredevil costume, you know, mm-hmm. um, sort of behind him. Yeah, I thought that was really, Very really cool. lovely. Like, the last words of the issue are him yeah. saying, Dad, wherever you are, I kind of hope you're resting easier now. Yeah, which is which was kind of, like, really touching after the bullfuckery that had come <laughs> in the previous panels. <laughs> like, oh, mate, I know what's happening, what's going to come in some of the upcoming... Uh, issues and i'm so excited <laughs> well I, I i already know some of them because obviously you've told me some yes over the years um, yes but yeah one thing i did have i've written in like really massive letters yeah and underlined and highlighted is, <laughs> no one has any fucking eyes <laughs> <laughs> yes they all they like, all have eyebrows but no eyes <laughs> like what i don't it really creeped me out also vicky i think that's very insensitive to matt murdoch saying that no one has any eyes he has eyes they just don't work okay no but that's not being insensitive he's got eyes like literally no one else he's one of the few people in the comic that has eyes like seriously do yourself a favor and look at this issue (laughs) yeah like literally no one has eyes well one of the i mean I'm I'm glad and I'm not glad that I have eyes that work um, because one of the things with this issue is I have to talk about my boot, uh, my other boots, because I have a boot and a two. One of my boots was Matt's workout outfit. My other boot, yeah. which I think we won't agree with, is I could not get over the size of Karen Page's hair. <laughs> How- dare you the, the higher the hair the closer the guard <laughs> <laughs> oh well she's a saint then because this hair was this hair was like dolly parton big it was insane and and then she had a little like a little bow in in it like, yeah it, a couple of panels along yeah there. like a little blue bow i quite i didn't mind her outfit i thought her outfit was quite cute she's just wearing like a little a little um sort of dress 
there was also another girl in this um, issue. I think it's when Foggy was walking away being all sad. And she's got quite a cute little outfit, which is the uh, like a yellow skirt and a pink top. Um, but I think yeah, it's just because I like the I like the kind of fifties sixties aesthetic, you know. Uh, well, yeah. this, this would have been fifties. I just think is really cute. Um, but yeah, I I am officially booting Matt's workout outfit and Karen's hair. But my <laughs> toots. So you're tooting Karen's outfit. No, her hair. Oh, just her hair. Oh, wow. That's even more controversial. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna toot the uh, the fixer's outfit because I don't know why I just really like his little yellow suit and white fedora combo. Do you know what it was like? It was so Dick Tracy. Yes, exactly. That was in my notes. Totally Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very Dick Tracy. I loved it. It was great. Uh, so I think we've already spoken about our um, our favorite panel. Um, yes. which was <laughs> just the insanity of that kind of ch- chase scene where Matt's, <laughs> Matt's on like a... a I, I don't even know what was happening. It was amazing. It was great. I love it. Um, are there any other panels of interest you would like to mention? Um, I, I think... I have any. I think just... I think that, like, that whole scene was was my favorite yeah with the whole like the trash can and the blast it he tripped me with that bow came but yeah those i think those are my favorite and also the, i like the whole um the radioactive stuff that blinded matt but i loved that how it was like the front and the side of, of the van actually says in like massive writing ajax atom labs radioactive materials <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like maybe you should have checked the brakes yeah what are you like carted really dangerous radioactive stuff through the streets of Hell's Kitchen exactly <laughs> oh, it was yeah so that was I, I thought that was quite funny but yeah the whole like end on the subway they were my favourite panels I think because it was yeah. bonkers absolutely bonkers I do like the way they framed it after his accident that panel because sometimes in, in some retellings of his accident you see you know you see what happened um, but I like in this one, you don't. You just see everyone kind of yeah. standing around looking down, but you don't actually see him. Yeah. Um, I like the way it was the framed. I thought that was good. Bed. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I like that. And I, I do agree with you that I really like that last panel. I thought that was, um, yeah, I thought that was really, really, like, quite touching as well. Um, but I think this issue does a good a, a good job at kind of setting up a lot of the character. I mean, really, the only characters are Matt, Foggy, and and Karen. Um, but I think it, it sets up Matt quite well. And like you said, he is quite cocky, um, and he's got this arrogance about him. But obviously, there's there's a vulnerability there as well. Um, so I think they do that well. We don't get into sort of Foggy and Karen that much yet, but um, you know. But they're they're setting that up, like you know, now that they're partners in a law firm mm-hmm. and stuff like that it's like okay well that's kind of ended one chapter mm-hmm. of, of like Matt's life and it's going to start like the next one quite cool I would have loved to know what people thought about this issue reading it for the first time like having read Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and stuff and reading like this first issue and if people were because obviously they kind of hide the fact that he is blind and one of the yeah. things that does make him stand apart from other superheroes is um, is obviously that he's blind. For me, it's it's one of the things that makes him stand apart. It's I don't think it's the most interesting thing about the character at all. Um, 
never have. I never I have. Wonder. I think I, so. I kind of wonder if people were really sort of if it was a, if it was um, surprising at that stage. Mm. I wonder if maybe that's why they made him so cocky mm-hmm. in this issue. Like it's it's actually like it, it almost a little bit concerning just how totally fine he is. Yeah. With with being blind and it's like yeah okay so you've got these like cool new senses and and stuff like that but i wonder if they made him kind of almost like going too far into the whole kind of like yeah i'm blind but look at all this amazing stuff i can do in Mm -hmm. a way to um kind of sorry misa's shouting at me what do you want um in that whole sort of maybe if we make him like super okay with it Mm -hmm. people will accept him more as a superhero yeah because he's he's like yeah he's blind but he has all these like other super senses and stuff i think as well you have to counteract you have to have him be super capable to counteract that nobody else seems to have any faith in him whatsoever (laughs) you know like karen and foggy are constantly like oh it's a poor guy (laughs) like yeah it must suck to be him because like foggy has known him for quite a while Mm -hmm. if you think about like how long it takes to go to law school yeah, yeah. Um, Foggy's known him for quite a while and knows how capable he is. Yeah, like, which I think is definitely something that they 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 change. You know, they they delve into later. Um, you know, he, he says to Karen, he's like Foggy says to Karen like a couple of times, like, "Oh, you know, don't worry about Matt. You mm. know, he he knows what he's doing. He's more than capable." And then is and then in the next panel is kind of like, "Oh." I'm so worried about Matt being out on the streets of New York like yeah. by himself. It's like, wait a minute. How long have you known him for? And you literally just told Karen. Yeah. That like it like chill, it's fine. He know like he'll be fine. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a bit kind of yeah, it was a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. It's it, it it's yeah, it's definitely interesting these these first issues. Because, like even on the cover, I mean like we were saying about they they call Karen, you know, like the most what was it? The most beautiful accessory, or whatever it was, which is is the, awful. The most de- no, the, the most decorative accessory. Oh. It wasn't even like a beautiful accessory. It was like, who calls a? a I, uh, I'm so angry. I can't get the words <laughs> out. Well, even on the cover, like they they have to describe the three main characters of this, you know, of this comic. And they have very little, you know, to describe them with. So they describe Matt as the most unusual hero of all, um, in which they, you know, so they're kind of describing him entirely, defining him by, I guess they're saying he's unusual because of his blindness. But I mean, he he becomes a much more interesting character as it goes on because he's unusual for a lot of other reasons, which we'll talk about in yeah. a minute. Um, they describe Foggy as fun-loving, so they're like, hey, he's the fun guy, which we don't really get in this issue, but they kind of bring to the forefront more. And then they just describe Karen as gorgeous, the gorgeous Karen Page. So again, yeah. they are just saying she's... This is what this is what she is. She's the beautiful character, um, yeah. which obviously you would never you would never get nowadays if this was written. Like, if, they, if, if this was now and it was... And they, were basically like, look at this eye candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be like, uh, you fucking what, mate? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I find that interesting. And I, I, another thing I thought I, I find interesting reading these early ones is there are a lot of aspects to like the character of Daredevil that come up much later in the 
um, in the in the comic book run that a lot of people really associate with the character because they've kind of incorporated it into the two most well-known adaptations of the character, which is the, the Ben Affleck movie and the Netflix show. So, um, and they become very, very important and a defining um, aspect of the character later. But in this issue, we have no real indications of this is a character who struggles with uh, issues of mental health, which is a big part of the character later. It's one of the things that um, really you know really drew me to the character as well um you have no indication of his catholicism which becomes a big defining part of the character and you've got no indication of the fact that he is he's not in this he's just kind of like a gymnast he's almost like a dick grayson in um, yeah. in batman whereas you know they they retconned it later that he's tied in with um with characters like stick and he actually is like a a, a trained martial artist um, yeah. And so I find it interesting that the, none of that stuff is in this, uh, you know, this that, first issue. That's what I'm, and I have to say, I I found that surprising too, because obviously, like the Daredevil that I know, mm-hmm. I I know mostly through you. Yes. Um, and a lot of that is based on like like mental illness and the Catholicism and everything else, and 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 the fact that he's a bit of an emo piss baby sometimes. <laughs> yes. Um, and there was none of that. Yeah, like in this issue, there was like nothing to do with. I thought I, I was expecting at some point uh, for there to be like a church mm-hmm. or, or something. Yeah, um, and there was just there was none of that, none of that at all, which really actually surprised me quite a lot. Yeah, a lot of that does come in a lot later with like the Frank Miller run, and um, mm-hmm. Frank Frank Miller is really the writer that defined the modern Daredevil. You know, of what the character is now. Not only Daredevil, but he defined what Kingpin is now. Um, which will be very interesting seeing when we get to that that run a lot later. I mean, we've got we've got years before we get to that. Yeah, um, like we're be, I mean, we're, we're forty now. Yes, we're gonna. It's, we're, you know, we're not going to hit that till we're like forty six. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, we'll be about forty six when we hit that. So you know, <laughs> so join us in twenty twenty six. Um, yeah, but I like I like this issue. It's it's not my favourite retelling of Daredevil's origin. I think my favourite one that I've seen. I really like um, the two miniseries. There was one called The Man Without Fear, which is very very good, um, and there's one called Daredevil Yellow, which I really enjoy, um, and that focuses a lot more on um, his relationship with Karen. Um, and it it, it talks. Um, Daredevil Yellow is a retelling of these early issues, so. It definitely covers at least the first four issues, um, but it, I feel like it's the characters are much more developed. Um, you you get under their skin a lot more, um, so I, I really really like it. So if anyone wants to sort of see read a retelling of like this these early issues, I recommend Daredevil Yellow, which is Jeff Loeb, and um, Man Without Fear, which is Frank Miller. Um, and that man with that fear really they really um took a lot from that for uh, the daredevil netflix series for like his origin um okay well we don't have any feedback for this week because it is our first episode and we are still getting everything set up but hopefully we will have feedback in the future if you guys have any feedback on any particular issues or um uh, obviously, issue comic book issues, not issues in your life. You can do that as well. You can. Yeah, we won't read them out. We'll just we'll just read them, and you know, you know, we, we, yeah, we, we're not agony aunts on this, as you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> a little bit more understanding than me. So. <laughs> That's what Tammy and Brad tell me all the time. 
Uh, so if you, but if you want to send us any feedback about any of the particular comic book issues we're going to be covering, or about the character in general, um, obviously you can email us, and there will be details at the end of the episode. Um, if you are sending an email, please keep it relatively short, just because we want to try and keep these episodes nice and short um, to to be able to listen to, so that they they don't run too long. Um, but with that, all we have to do is mention what we will be covering next week. Um, and I thought I will tell you the title, Vicky, and you can have a little ponder what it might be about. <laughs> so next episode, Vicky, we'll be covering issue number two of Daredevil, The Evil Menace of Electro. Ooh, like as in like kind of like Kraftwerk, Electro <laughs> Yes. Kind of it's Matt villain. on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Is there going to be a murder? On there the might dance be a floor? murder on the a dance murder. floor. <laughs> oh, it's just kind of, I'm kind of thinking of like you know in uh, the Captain Marvel movie where she has the neon suit. Yes, which I really love. Oh yeah, it's like awesome. A, a villain that's kind of like kind of got a suit made out of that, <laughs> and it's kind of a bit a bit kind of like Tron, a bit kind of. And that's oh. probably the complete opposite of what is actually going to happen. The villain, the villain definitely has an interesting suit. <laughs> it probably will feature. It will either be booted or tooted. I'm sure. <laughs> can't wait <laughs> uh, but with that we uh this episode of josie's bar podcast is done and we will see you guys uh in josie's bar next time bye awesome bye thanks for listening if you want to send us feedback you can contact us via josie's bar at reactionary-sass.com on facebook.com at josie's bar podcast at instagram or twitter at josie's bar or on Tumblr at josiesbarpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also call the SAS line, 321-710-4947. Our other podcasts and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sas.com.